of America with the Age of American on Reason, Cash Cow Strategies with Instant Income, and Graduation Jitters and T for Two, all on the Hour of Power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your personal growth coach, Cynthia Bryan, next. Don't go away. change the lives of millions of people and might in fact save the life of someone you love would you want us to share it with you join us to find out how to remove the toxins and restore your health with all natural solutions to your body's pollution that's total wellness concepts with marcy little john every tuesday at 12 noon pacific on world talk radio studio a you're listening to world talk radio where the world comes to talk Hour of Power, Star Style B, The Star You Are, a program of upbeat book talk with authors and experts that help you excel in life and give you a better experience. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'm thrilled to be your personal growth success coach on the airwaves with you every single week, so get ready to pump that energy and live your dreams through good books and media. We are a show about following your heart, and we are brought to the airwaves through Be The Star You Are, charity empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive media. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, we have another Power Hour for you today. Coming up in just a minute is author Susan Jacoby, and she's going to tackle the toxicity of ignorance with her national bestseller, The Age of American on Reason. And then co-author with Jack Canfield of the Success Principles, Janet Schweitzer, joins us with strategies to increase our bottom line with her newest book, Instant Income, and in T for Two, Heather Brittany calms the graduation jitters as youth everywhere prepare for their final days of schooling. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, because Star Style, Be the Star You Are is here for your education and some entertainment. In mathematical literacy, 15-year-olds in America ranked 24th out of 29 countries. Less than 50% of American adults read a book a year, and two-thirds of Americans want creationism to be taught along with evolution. With a failing educational system, a political system, and a health care system, Americans are in an epidemic of anti-rationalism and anti-intellectualism. Best-selling author of seven previous books, including Free Thinkers, Susan Jacoby looks at the dumbing of America with her latest book, The Age of American on Reason. Welcome, Susan, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, uh, I'd love to be a star, yes. You are a star. Everyone's a star, but you especially are a star. My goodness, you have seven books. I'm so impressed. 
Well, Susan, this is a most interesting book, and it's a book that people really need to look at and then ask themselves some questions, because I travel a great deal, and as I travel the world, it just seems really apparent to me that Americans are becoming stupider, and they are being known for their ignorance, and I think the sad part is, is that many of them are proud of it. So the world is watching. Tell us what you mean by the, uh, the fact that America is expe- experiencing a crisis of memory and knowledge that intellectual life is just failing and faltering. Well, what, my, what I basically have to say in the age of American unreason is this, that, that we, our, our whole intellectual life is so at odds with our image of ourselves as being number one in the world. And this is shown by, uh, in your introduction, you talked about where we stand in math, where we are in science. Are you able to hear me? Because oh, I hear you just great. Are you having a difficulty? Uh, I'm not... having difficulty, but it's all right. If your listeners are able to hear me. Uh, that, Jeff, that's... our engineer, can, can you hear her fine? We all hear her fine. Okay, great. Okay. So, that, Susan, that's you, great because, great because what I'm hearing is my own voice echoing back oh, to me. Oh, that's never fun. Uh, but it, it's all right if you can hear me. Yes, we can uh, hear you loud. What, what, what I have to say is that we've become a very lazy culture. Not reading. We're very lazy because we don't read. Uh, we're very lazy because we think that we can get everything we need by just swooping in as a vulture on the Internet. We're lazy because as, a, as, as an average American watches TV seven hours a day, in spite of the fact that, they're, they're, they're of, that there's the Internet and other things to do. And we don't know what we should know about everything from science to our own history. Well, you know, I was really surprised when I'm reading your book and uh, to find the percentages of people that think that the sun revolves around the earth. That just blew me away. Well, that's only 20%. <laughs> but, but don't you think that's a huge number of people? Uh, it's a lot. That it's a lot, a it's lot, a lot of given, the, given the easy availability of, of this kind of base basic fact and it doesn't of course it doesn't speak well to our educational system because you shouldn't have to be an intellectual or a college graduate to know that the sun doesn't revolve around the earth these are things that people who have a high school diploma should know well you know uh, why i thought it was so important to have you on our show is that our show's brought to the airways from be the star you are charity which is about literacy and we're talking about book literacy and we have found that 33% of high school graduates never read a book after they graduate, which I think is really sad. And 80%, according to statistics of uh, U.S. families, did not even buy a book last year. That's a huge number. So I know, I know that. As an, as as an, an author, author, you it know that. Me in my pocketbook, too. But, but seriously, I've been asked on many interviews, uh, uh, it's wrong to talk about this because all of the reading of, that people do on the Internet. But what we do on the Internet is different from reading books. On the Internet, I don't know about you, but what I do on the Internet is this, and I'm very grateful. I love the Internet. I can swoop down like a vulture and get little chunks of information, a date I've forgotten, a country whose name I don't know how to spell. But that is different than the knowledge that you get from reading, which isn't, which isn't just looking for little vulture-like chunks of information, 
but it's sort of learning something, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. It's it's giving yourself over to learning something without just doing it in a, this very crude and instrumental way, which is I need this fact for whatever it is I'm doing at work this minute. Well, one of the things that you talk about in your book is that younger people, and actually so many people these days, are looking at the Internet as the Messiah. So what is really happening to books? I mean, I know even like uh, Amazon has come out with the Kindle now, you know, this a little, and there's other gadgets that you can download a book, but what happened to feeling the old-fashioned printed page where you can turn and get the resources that you need? That just, it appalls me. Well, I actually, you know, the the verdict on Kindle isn't in. I'd be happy if people wanted to download books and read them on Kindle. But I think I'm just reading now that although they're marketing it for books right now, the real purpose of Kindle eventually is to mar- is to download music and download videos, which I'm not surprised. Right, and, right, which is what everybody's doing with their iPhones and iPods right. and all and, of that. And in any case, I, I don't think, uh, I, as I said, the verdict isn't in. On this, and and I won't make any. You know, people people said that probably said in the fifties that paperback books were never work work. They weren't as nice and dignified as hardback books. But this is a little different, and I suspect that people who are real readers are not ultimately going to want to read it on a digital device. I would be happy if they did, but I think Kindle is an idea that technology can solve what's essentially a non-technological problem, which is our laziness as a people. Now, you know, you have statistics in your book on how we have gotten increasingly lazy since the 1980s, and I find that very startling, because you also talk about the intellectualism within politics and the presidency, and in our current office, how we're talking about folks all the time, as opposed to, (laughs) I had to chuckle at that, Susan, but you're so right. Yeah, I mentioned that. Well, what would the Gettysburg Address be if Abraham Lincoln had said, we highly, here highly resolve that these folks shall not have died in vain, yeah, that this right. government, of, government the folks, of the folks, by the folks, and for the folks shall not perish from the earth. I know. that would, I, when, when you wrote that, I, just, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is really, this has become a sadness that we're looking at this dumbness and smartness is definitely going downward. I mean, it, even our, what we consider smart now isn't as smart as it used to be. I think I think that's right. That's one of the points I make that it's not only it's not only that culture has been dumbed down at the bottom. It's been dumbed down at at every level. Look, uh, you know, I listened to the debate between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama last night, who are two very smart people, and I heard them both focusing people, folks, folks, this, folks, that, which they all do, and so does John McCain. And I thought, why do our presidential candidates have to think that they that they can't talk? You know, that they, they have to talk like this to identify themselves with the average person. Well, and, you know, I, I agree with you because I think that our leaders need to be a step above. You talk about FDR and Pearl Harbor and how true that was is would America had, have been prepared for Pearl Harbor had he not been preparing for two years with his fireside chats and really giving the bad news really straight talk and not dumbing it down? Right. The, the, what he said was Americans then were mainly isolationists. They didn't want any part of a European war. 
And what he tried to do was educate Americans about the fact that the Atlantic Ocean did not protect them from the troubles of Europe. I'm not saying in my book that there was a golden age in which everything was perfect. I'm just saying that one of the functions of political leadership has to be to educate, and political leaders have to accept that. And and we shouldn't be. And but I don't. Also, I've had many talk show host asked me, do I think George Bush is responsible for the dumbing down of America? No, I do not. I think we elected George Bush, and whatever George Bush is, we elected him. Well, I don't and mean... that's another point that you bring about in your book that I think is very, very important, and that is we elected our politicians, and shame on us if we're not smart enough to see where they're coming from or where they're going. So why have we become such a gullible culture? That, that is, I think, more frightening that, than our leaders, our folksiness or right. speediness dumbing down. Why are we, as a nation, accepting this in our leaders? Well, I, I think there are really two big factors. One is, one is the domination of the infotainment culture. The fact is, is one of the things I wanted to do in this book is start a conversation about how we spend our time and and i'm not one of those people who think that people shouldn't ever watch tv or that they should never let their kids watch videos no but we have to think about how we use our time there's nothing wrong with watching an hour or two of tv a night there's something very wrong with watching seven hours of tv a day Seven there, hours, I mean, you become a zombie. I mean, that's, what? that's the average American. And there's nothing wrong if you come home, you're a tired parent, you want to have an adult conversation with your husband or wife, with letting a toddler watch a video for an hour. What's wrong is if that hour turns into two and three and four, and there's a television set in the kid's bedroom. Now half of all American children under age 10 have a television set in their bedroom. That's shocking. And, you know, and that brings me to another point. I mean, uh, personally, I'm a proponent that no, be- no television sh- um, set should be in any bedroom because I think that also dumbs us down and, it, you know, it keeps us from doing other things and having one room for that entertainment. Also, it makes us fat. If I had a television set in my bedroom, I'd be eating cookies in bed all the time. Oh, yeah, there you go. There. Now, that maybe why, you know, you might have hit on something, Susan. Maybe that's another attribute of bec- why we become such a fat society. Oh, it is actually, the New York Times ran an article a, a couple weeks ago about television sets in children's bedroom. It was a big scholarly study. And surprise, surprise, children who have television sets in their bedroom rooms are A, fatter, B, uh, they tend to smoke more, and C, they read less than children who don't have television sets in their bedrooms. I could have told them that without a study. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's right. I think you could have said that without even going into uh, in-depth study with it because uh, you're just laying around and you're not exercising your brain. You're just being a bed potato. Well, I wanted to talk quickly about um, national curriculum standards because I really am opposed to all these standardized testings that we have. I don't think it is a good reflection of what the educational system is doing or the accomplishments of our youth or the people that are participating. Other countries are so much more advanced. I studied in Europe, and I I was supposed to be one of the quote-unquote smart ones from America. I felt like a total ignoramus with what education I had had compared to what they were presenting. What can we do as a nation? 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because national curriculum standards are not the same thing as this obsession with standardized testing. And what na- think they what, are, too. What national cur- curriculum standards are is an agreement about basic knowledge that kids in elementary and secondary school should get about everything. Whether it's science or American history, they have them in Europe and the developed countries of Asia. They don't have them here. And there is there is one note of hope, I should say. There's a new organization called Common Core in Washington, which has intellectuals of different political views. And what they're doing is they're trying to work on things that they can send to school boards saying, these are things that all American children need to know. But it's very difficult in America because we have ultimately financial control of schools is totally in local hands. And if there are places, for instance, where five school board members out of seven think evolution shouldn't be taught, then teachers will be intimidated. So we have a system that makes it difficult in ways that it isn't in Europe and the developed countries of Asia for this to happen. Well, and another point on that is speaking languages. When you travel to another country, most schools, it's mandatory you cannot graduate unless you read, write, and speak another Another language. language. And some countries, like in Holland where I lived, you had to speak and read and write four. Uh, It is appalling that we as Americans only speak American, not even English, but American. (laughs) And we're satisfied with that. And when we travel, we tend to think that everyone else should be speaking our language. Well, what's even worse is is National Geographic Roper did a poll and found that of Americans under 25, more than half don't think it's at all important to use a, a, to know a foreign language. So, not knowing a foreign language is ignorant, but but thinking it's not important to know any other languages, I'm ignorant and I'm proud of it. Yes, yes. Well, that gets you to the you know to the girl that was on American Idol that didn't know exactly. that Hungary was a country. I thought right. that. That just, you know, those kind of things just make me crazy. Well, let's give out a website for you, Susan, because you have seven different books, and Free Thinkers, Free Thinkers is another great one. The name of this book is The Age of American on Re- Right. My, my website is just Susan Jacoby, S-U-S-A-N-J-A-C-O-B-Y dot com. Perfect. SusanJacoby.com. The book is The Age of American Reason, and you really should pick it up because our public ignorance and anti-rationalism uh, and anti-intellectualism uh, is not a good thing here in America, and we really need to step it up and boost it up a bit. So, Susan, thank you so much for, for penning your thoughts and for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style B, the star you are. When we come back, we're going to make some money when Janet Switzer joins us. You're listening to Star Style B, the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Stay with us. This business of show business is no stroll in the park. 